This week on the Dueling Review podcast, we take a look at Conan the Barbarian from Marvel Comics. By Krom, the greatest sword and sorcery hero returns to Marvel. From an age undreamed, hither came Conan the Sumerian, black-haired, sullen-eyed, sword in hand, a thief, a reaver, a slayer, with gigantic melancholies and gigantic mirth to tread the jeweled thrones of Earth under his sandaled feet. Robert E. Howard's creation returns to comics in an epic tale as only Marvel can bring you. Conan's travels have brought him to the far reaches of the unknown, from his birthplace in Samaria to the kingdom of Aquilina and, and all in between. As his fighting prowess allows him to carve his way through life, so too does it attract the forces of death. Let us talk Conan the Barbarian, issue number 276. No. Or issue number one. Yes. Well, because here's the thing. They do do a dual numbering on this. Legacy numbering, yeah, because yeah. Conan was canceled back in 90, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It was, uh, was it in the 90s? I, I thought it was like in the 80s when they when they canceled that. Conan um, lasted into the early 90s, and Conan went away at about the, well, it lasted a few years longer than Star Wars. Okay. Uh, at Marvel. And Mar when Marvel basically turned into the all Wolverine all the time show around 93 and the speculator, you know, build up and build up and build up and then crash. That is right about the time that Conan ended because Conan actually made it into the image revolution. Oh, okay. To the point where some of those last issues of Conan actually have a Todd McFarlane feel to them. And they're just awful. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, the other thing that is interesting is if we look at the, you know, the history of Conan comics, especially at Marvel, we have like Conan, Conan the Barbarian, Conan the King, Conan. Savage Sword Savage, of Conan. Savage Sword of Conan. I mean, there's just a Khan, big long son list. Of, son of Conan. Yeah, Some of was... them are the classic black and white stuff that I really enjoy. It's a little bit yes. more adult. I think that Savage Sword is the, the black yeah. and white stuff. Yeah, that's um, where you get your Nestor Redondos and your, uh, you know, your crazy, crazy peoples just drawing amazing stuff. And then you have, you know, your your color ones, the the Conan the Barbarians and those kinds of stuff, which yeah. are really, really cool with, again, some fantastic artists behind that. And this issue does open up with a look back at some of the classic Conan the Barbarian tales with art from those original pages, if you go in and look inside the front cover. And in fact, yep. that's why in the back uh, material in the letters column, they're talking about why this is an issue 276 and go back and look and see that this all ties into past continuity. And so right. that is why they're saying this is 276. And this is just kind of basically picking up where it left off. It makes they make some vague allusions in the letters column to another publisher that had the Conan property. <laughs> and I, you yeah, know, to be honest, 25 I, years. I like the Dark Horse stuff. And I don't, I, I mean, uh, when you've got Roy Thomas in there doing, doing the Conan stuff oh, for Dark Horse, I mean, that works for me. Uh, and some of those Conan tales were fantastic. And so I'm very interested to see where Conan goes at Marvel. Now, Conan is not a big, you're not a big fan of Conan. Now, swords and sorcery aren't really my bag. I mean, there are times when, especially the Savage Swords, the black and white Curtis Magazine stuff mm -hmm. from the mid-70s, early 80s, I would read that just because it was gorgeous. Yeah. Also, uh, sometimes but, boobies. Well, yeah, that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with sometimes boobies. But when you get into the Conan ongoing, I find that the real frustration of the Conan ongoing is that it's not really an ongoing the 275 issues of Conan 
are kind of bouncing all over the place and they mm-hmm. go from you know place to place and time to time and now he's a pirate and now he's a chicken salad sandwich salesman and and to you know, be fair that's what that is what uh, dark horse did as well they didn't try to tell a chronological story there were times where it would jump around as well jump up jump up and get down another thing that is that i should point out is if people are looking for some classic conan tales from marvel um if you can find them marvel publishes those big phone book editions that are black and white with the pages that are ultra thin. And I've got like, I may, I want to say like nine volumes of Conan of those Marvel stuffs in those giant phone book editions that are only like 19 bucks. The essentials. Yeah. Th- that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? DC also has the same thing where it's just basically a, uh, slap together, really cheap ass paper. And instead of color, it's all black and white and you get them for 19 bucks and you get a, like over 200, 300 pages worth of comics And they're really worth checking out if you want to kind of step into the world of Conan and kind of get a feel or a flavor for what Conan was back uh, like back in the early 70s. Yep. That being said, this is this issue is a little jarring for me Mm -hmm. because, number one, I don't think that this issue captured the voice of the narrator. And by the narrator, I mean, uh, what's his name? Mako. (laughs) <laughs> from from the Conan movie, right? Because if you know, if you have seen that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and right. you've got Mako doing the narration, listen, O oh Lord of the Tales of Conan, then that voice is with you anytime you read a Conan book. And there's a certain cadence and a certain rhythm to, yeah. to that that I thought was done very well most of the time in the Dark Horse books, but I didn't, I didn't feel that when I was reading this one. The Long other, ago in a distant land, I, Aku, yeah. shape-shifting master of darkness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, no, no that's, that's what Samurai I, Jack. That's, I get those confused. The same person, right? Um, yeah, Samurai Jack and Conan are the same guy. Yes. The other thing that I found a little bit jarring is that this is like, here's Conan as a barbarian. He also was a king, uh, and all these things happen. So let's jump back and forth, and let's tell a tale of Conan when he was still a barbarian and his encounter with this uh, with this witch. And then we're going to jump ahead and tell this tale as a king and also have him re-encounter this witch again much later on in his life. And so that's also a little jarring because that's, I don't think, now again, I'm not an expert on Conan or all the tales, but I don't think we've seen something like that in this, in that story. And also the implication that these horrible little children may be Conan's kids. Yeah, which I think actually is pretty cool. It's vaguely subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that um, those those creepy kids are his? Well, define his. So I, I here's, imagine there's some sort of magic involved. So here's the other thing that I thought was really kind of funny. If you read the solicitations for Conan, uh-huh. uh, Marvel specifically puts in there at the very end, parental advisory, right? And I'm like, ooh, are they going to go back to the classic, you know, as the, uh, who, who was the uh, publisher? The, the Charlton, not Charlton. Um the 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 black and white Conan books. Uh, that was uh, it. Was actually Marvel through Curtis. Uh, Curtis. Curtis. Okay, so Curtis had some naked bits occasionally, okay. and I'm like, oh, do they mean that they're going to have some naked bits in here? Are they going to go that far back into Conan, or yeah. is this just going to be over the top head you know, chopping? Head chopping, and of course, it's over the top head chopping. Well, sure, because head chopping is always acceptable in a way that look movies are not. Right. So the reason why I say that um, these might be Conan's kids is 
The story starts with Conan defeating a bunch of people in the end. You know, it's a blood, a blood arena kind of thing. Sure. Victoria, the victor emerges victorious, victorious with victorious all the gold style. and women that he wants. And one of the women who approaches him is a sexy sorceress who's like, ooh, Conan, show me your strength in bed. And so they're getting it on. And yeah. then she turns into yeah. an old hag. Yeah. I thought for the life of me when she first appeared and she was wearing that little chainmail bikini that this was going to somehow be an unlicensed file off the serial numbers version of Red Sonia, <laughs> who is still would, over at Dynamite. Yes, which would be very interesting in itself because Red Sonia in the comic books was originally appeared over in Marvel, but it's not Red Sonia from the from the right. uh, Robert E. Howard books, because that's spelled a different way. So, yep. yes, that would be very, very different if Marvel had to create a second Red Sonia. To get around the fact that they created, but no longer <laughs> have the rights to. Yeah, because it was it was really weird, because Roy Thomas created the Red Sonia that we know, the She-Devil with a sword. But as part of the licensing agreement with Robert E. Howard, or I don't think it's actually, I think, a corporation mm -hmm. that handles his properties. Red Sonia actually belongs to them, even though she was created as a Marvel character. Right. And it's fascinating to me. And I thought, I thought for sure that's what they were going to do. And I'm almost certain that's intentional. Because, oh, you think? because I never when, really got that at all. Yeah, it's there. It's there for old dudes like me. Maybe. The, but the point where she transforms into the swamp witch and she's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is not Red Sonia at all. Yeah. And that's, that's where, cool. and that's where I kind of had a problem in that. It felt very much like they were trying to say, hey, you guys remember that Schwarzenegger uh, movie? Remember that time where he went to go have sex with that woman and she turned into the, the hag and Conan had to kill her? That felt almost exactly like that. Yeah. And so I was kind of like a little distracted. Dis I don't know. It just feels like they're pulling from too many places for this particular story. I think they are doing the thing that comics keeps trying to do where... You have a character who is elastic and has lasted so many years, and you want them to be everything all at right. the same time. And so, to be fair, Conan was everything, right? He was oh, a barbarian, a thief, a a king, a rogue, you know. He was a thief, a magician, an acrobat, and uh, something else. <laughs> a unicorn. Unicorn, that's what it was, yeah. He was Dungeon Master. He was Ralph Mouth on uh, Happy Days. No, I'm sorry, Potsy. No, Potsy, Ralph Mouth was uh, the voice of... Uh, the Cavalier. Oh, okay. And then Willie Ames from Eight is Enough was the voice of the Ranger. There you go. Yeah, and then the, the little <laughs> invisible girl, the thief looked like Molly Ringwald. There you go. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Conan the Barbarian. That's Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> the cartoon from 1982. Or as we like to call it, old people. Ah, because we are old people. Did you see the thing that looked remarkably like Sauron's eye burning? Yes. That was and, neat. And again, that's, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I am very interested to see where they want to take this tale. I am, I'm hooked enough. And this is the other thing that's really weird is this is Conan's final tale, right? This is the death of Conan is as they're well, pitching it. And you know that Conan's not going to die. How he died. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the last tale. Right. But that's kind of funny in itself, right? This is the story of how Conan died. This is how we're bringing back the character with his death arc. <laughs> I'm really sort of fine with that because We've never had an end point to Conan's stories. Right, and right, I, right, right. I always love it when they do that, even though it's a pain in the neck, like they did with Jonah Hex, 
where we know that Jonah Hex dies and his body is stuffed and goes around in the wild <laughs> show. Yeah, show yes so they can they can reference that and they can have moments where Jonah Hex there's a there's a very powerful moment where Jonah Hex is trapped in the future thanks to time travel and he finds his own corpse stuffed mm-hmm. in a museum and he's like that ain't right man and I'm just like yeah that ain't right Jonah Hex and I feel like the having this be spanning the length of Conan's life having it be that story of how he died, quotation marks, air quotes. Um, It's been a long time since we've done that. Yeah, like six months. Yeah, right? But I like that. That's the part of it that works for me. And that may be what this is, is this is meant to be a Conan comic for people who aren't Conan fans. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is going to make for problems because I'm not a Conan fan. I don't feel the need to come back and read the rest of this. You know, I like Mahmoud Ezrar as an artist. I yeah, yeah, really, I really like the his art. work. I agree. But I was going through this and I'm like, man, so I sort of miss John Buscema and Nestor mm-hmm. Redondo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's interesting. This is a modern sensibility, modern art style, modern coloring and digital effects. And it's just a little weird for me, you know, having... You are not seventies. You are not reading any of the Dark Horse stuff, right? Unless it was a requirement. No, I think we may have read something, or I may have grabbed one at some point. For yeah, we read on the Major Spoilers podcast. We read the, I think it was the King's Road arc, and maybe the Black, the Black Pirate arc. I want to say those two tales, Um, and those were fine. And I thought that again. I think those were Roy Thomas writing those, so I was totally on board with that, and the art was good. Um, I don't know. I'm just a little, I am intrigued. I want to come back and read this. I want to see if they try to tie into any past Conan continuity that they've created at Marvel comics, especially if they're going to go for a dual numbering. I just thought that this was a very jarring issue, jumping back and forth and back and forth. I'm glad this is not, and they didn't spend an entire issue retelling his origin story about, you know, how his, uh, he, he was born on the battlefield. They spent one page doing that. He was born in the wagon of a traveling show. Yes. And I don't know. I, I like the issue overall, even though I have some problems with how it's structured. And Jason Aaron knows how to tell a, a, a fine tale. I have no problem yeah. with that. I just, at this point, there was just a br- the briefest or the minim- the most minimum amount of a hook at the end of the story to make me want to go, oh, okay, I want to read and find out what these creepy children are about. More so right. than will Conan survive because... We know he will. You know he will. He's Conan. Right. And Conan is unstoppable and Conan is unkillable and Conan will do everything perfectly except, you know, possibly uh, drink on the Titanic. Who knows? You know, take his little pinky finger out. But yeah, I feel like for me, I don't necessarily have interest in Conan. I don't get up in the morning and say, I wish I had some Conan. But I appreciate what they're doing here. And I feel like this may appeal to people like me who like comics, but don't necessarily have that love for Conan. So, you know, it's, it's a fun. Uh, I think it gives you a, a good 2000 foot view of the Conan sure. mythology. Yes. It's a good place to start, even though I feel like five bucks is pretty steep for it. Oh man, five bucks. I was expecting a lot more. Now, the other thing that is in this that I didn't make all the way through, even though it's only three pages is there is a serialized uh, story in the back. Uh, it's like three or four text pages yes. of content uh, oh, that, that will 
The Black Starlight, Part One. Yes, the and it will be a twelve-part from the dry waste of Stygia. It is a it is a twelve-part story, so you know that this issue is or this series is going to go at least twelve issues before Marvel decides. Eh, let's have IDW publish this for us. Uh, <laughs> be nice. I'm, you know, a lot of people are questioning how come all those Disney comics are now being printed by IDW, and my response has been because IDW is willing to pay Disney to to publish it, and Marvel isn't. So. There you go. Well, IDW knows how to make a book for kids, and Marvel yes. doesn't. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yes. Bottom line for me is, I didn't hate this issue. Yeah. I thought that there are some problems in its structure that, you know, jumping back and forth, while it makes sense, is a little disjointed for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the art was fantastic. I will continue to read this, and I hope that Marvel does something with this property beyond the... F- beyond the coming teaser of of Conan and Scarlet Witch teaming up for an adventure together. The Scarlet Conan. Yeah. I, I'm hoping it's more than just, hey, let's do the whole Angela thing again. And then we never Angela, hear Mona. And then Samantha. we never hear from them again. Right. Although I, I guess she's part of the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Angela is in and about the Marvel universe. She's there. Well I don't want Conan to just be there. I want Conan to have his own ongoing title that I can jump into and read different arcs that cover different time periods of, of Conan and his adventures. Uh, that's what I want. And I'm hoping that that is what Marvel does. So for issue 276 or issue number one, I'm saying it's worth checking out, but I, I agree with Matthew. It's not a $5 book. It's not. Issue one, I would say may be worth checking out. Issue 276 is some BS. Don't buy it. <laughs> uh, there you go. What will we review next week? Well, the last couple of weeks, and I will apologize because last week, the last week of uh, 2018, we didn't have a show because, man, I got so sick. It Steven was no had fun. The plague and he sounded like Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Hello. Uh, that's Steven. probably, you're probably not too far off from that. And I then, of course, it I was also a very short, show. it was also a very, very short week with very few comics coming out. Yeah, there were like 20 books last week. Oh, no, there were fewer than that. I think there were five books last week. And a lot of them were, you know, here's version A, B, and C of the covers. Because right. I went through and counted. It's like less than less than a dozen comics total. This week, though, there were a lot coming out. But because of the holidays, I figured people were too busy doing their own fun things. So I just went, scrolled through the list, and I said, ah, Conan. No one has claimed Conan. Conan. Let us do Conan, because I love his stand-up routine that he does at the beginning right. of the show. His Andy uh, Richter interviews. Is hysterical. Uh, you know, Andy Richter those. is my favorite. Some a lot of people say I look like Andy Richter. I don't see it, but whatever. No, you don't look and, like Andy Richter. You look like Jim Meskimen from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Which one is he? He's the one who is not Colin Mockery, but is slightly balding. Oh, okay. All right. Well, he, to... he actually looks more like a grown up version of young Steven than <laughs> you look like a grown up version of young Steven. <laughs> So if you extrapolate from what Steven looked like in 1990 to what Steven should look like as a 45-year-old, that's Jim Meskimen. Whereas if you actually look at what Steven looks like as a 45-year-old. like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> so here's the thing. We are getting back to, in 2019, having you, the listener, help us pick what comic we will review in the next week's installment of Dueling Review Podcast. How do they do that, Matthew? Well, you go to patreon.com forward slash major spoilers and you look for steven's latest post it's going to say dueling review for the week of blabberty yeah so january 10th is what it'll be listed as exactly it's a wednesday is when the week starts 
So it will actually be January 9th, won't it? Well, I the day that the show comes out is on the 10th. Ah, so you do it for the day of the show. My yeah. bad. I thought mm-hmm. it was for the day of the week. Never mind. You go there. Okay, three, two, one. You go to Major Spoilers. No. You go to patreon.com slash major spoilers. You look for Dueling Review for the week of next week, January 10th, and you look at the list of comics that are available and you say, I want you to read, I want you guys to read K Kid and U Boy number 3462 from Frasm Stat Comics. And if you can convince enough of your friends, and they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and so on. That's the book that we will review next week on Dueling Review. So while the K-Kid and the Jelly Man are not available next week, next week from Boom Studios, we do have Adventure Time Season 11, number four, By Night, number seven, Go-Go Power Rangers, number 16. That's a uh, good series. Wizard Beach, number two. Over at Dark Horse Comics, we have Aliens, Dust to Dust, number four, the final issue of that series. God War, number three. Predator Hunters, two, number four. And William Gibson's Alien 3, number 3. DC Comics says Adventures of the Super Sons, number 6. Midway through that series, Batman, number 62. Curse of Brimstone, number 10. Green Arrow, Which number 48. Which I think 48. is the final issue of that show. Okay. Uh, Harley Quinn, number 57. Martian Manhunter, number 2. Nightwing, number 56. Young Justice, number 1. Which also, interestingly, coincides, I believe, next week. Young Justice arrives on the DC streaming service. Ooh. The series three. I think they both come out on the same day and time. So be on the lookout for that. I'm uh, very interested to see what Young Justice is up to. A lot of yeah. people are have been tweeting me saying, do you think Young Justice is going to get a fair shake? And I think it will. I, I, it's the same creators that are coming back. And the only reason why Young Justice is coming back as an animated series is because there was enough demand from the Twitterverse that they, they went ahead and gave it the green light. And of course... Um, uh, Disney didn't want any part of it, so it's part of the new DC streaming service. Be on the lookout for that on your DC streaming service, as well as comic book stands as Young Justice number one lands. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven covers. Uh, in addition to the main cover, you have an Amethyst cover, a blank cover, an Impulse cover, a Robin cover, a Superboy cover, a very a Var edition, and a Wonder Ooh. Girl cover. Wonder oh. Girl. Yeah, Wonder Girl. Dynamite Entertainment has Barbarella uh, Deja Thor as number one. Crossover comic there. Uh, Let's see. Red Sonja number 25. Speaking of Conan and speaking of Red Sonja earlier in this issue, see callbacks. Yeah. Turok number one. No longer a dinosaur hunter, just Turok. Which is interesting. I thought Turok was over at Valiant. Hmm. Interesting. No. Turok, Turok, Magnus, and Solar are not at Valiant anymore. Ah, okay. They were at Dark Horse a few years ago, and they may be at Dark Horse again. But yeah, they are actually owned by Western Publishing, whereas the stuff that Valiant did in the 90s is owned by VIP Entertainment, the current Valiant Comics. There you go. Also, another uh, Deja Thoris crossover with Vampirilla, issue number four, arrives next week from Dynamite Entertainment. IDW Publishing has Atomic Robo and the Dawn of a New Era, number one. Ooh, cannot wait for that, although you can read it for free over at AtomicRobo.com. Bubba Hotep and the Cosmic Bloodsuckers, number five, long time coming for that issue. DuckTales, number 16. Euthanauts, number five. House Amok, no, House Amok, number four. Uh, and let's see what else. Mickey Mouse, the 90th anniversary collection, trade paperback, a $25 cover price there. Image Comics has Bitterroot, number three. Blackbird, number four. Bully Wars, number five. I think that's the Teddy Roosevelt uh, story. Bully, bully. Curse Words, number 19. Die, number two. No, it's the. Oh, uh, Gunning for Hits, number one. 
Hit Girl number 12 and number 11 as a reprint. Oh, I'm sorry. Hit Girl number 12, Kick-Ass number 11. Oh. Late Siege, or Last Siege number 8. Time to get these old uh, glasses checked. Prodigy number 2, Rose number 16, Sleepless number 11, all from Image Comics. Marvel Comics has Avengers number 12, Black Order number 3. Uh, let's see, Domino number 10, Iceman number 5, the final issue of that series, Man Without Fear number 2, Miles Morales Spider-Man number 2, Punisher number 6, Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider number 4. Uh, let's see, we also have a Django Fett's uh, series kicking off uh, next week. Oh, that might be interesting. Django Fett. Django Fett. Thor number nine, True Believers, Conan, Devil God of Baal Sagoth, number one. That's a $1 comic. And True Believers, Conan, Swords in Night, number one. It's also a $1 comic. Oh. Web of Vidim Unleashed, number one, and X-23, number eight. In all the rest category, we have Archie meets Batman 66, number six. I don't know if that's the final issue of that one. It might be. I think it is, yeah. Black Dahlia, the soft cover, $9 there. Bloodborne, number eight. Let's see. Carson of Venus, Flames Beyond, number one. Catalyst Prime, number 17. Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor, number three. Grim Fairy Tales, number 25. Life is Strange, number two. Null Fairies, number one. Rags, number three. Let's see, what else do we have down here? Van Helsing, Sword of Heaven, number three. I think I just got the review copy of that in. And uh, Voltron Legendary Defender Trade Paperback Volume 3, Absolution, a $15 book there. Those are just some of the comics coming out next week. As Matthew said, head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers and uh, look for that post. And you can see the complete list of comics and then you can cast your vote. But don't wait, because we make this decision like late Sunday night, early Monday morning. That's so right. you need to get your votes in so that we can be preparing for the comics that you want us to review. Lock it down. All right, that wraps it up for this week's uh, Dueling Review. Thank you so much for checking us out this week. And thank you to everyone who has become a patron at patreon.com slash spoilers. Remember, your contributions allow us to keep this show going. It pays for our growing costs and gives us motivations to produce more content for you. We do not get paid from a movie studio. We are not owned by a comic book publisher. We are indie podcasters, and we're only able to do this with your support. So thank you, everyone, for heading over to patreon.com slash spoilers and signing up. We will be back next week to review a comic of your choice. You'll also get to hear Matthew say... Now the fool seeks to return to the past and undo the future that is Aku. This podcast is copyright 2019 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.